Part 3 of the Works of Robert G. Ingersoll, Volume 3, Lectures, Abraham Lincoln. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by John Brandon. Lecture 3, Abraham Lincoln, Part 3. Then came another crisis the crisis of secession and civil war. Again Lincoln spoke the deepest feeling and the highest thought of the nation. In his first message he said, The central idea of secession is the essence of anarchy. He also showed conclusively that the North and South, in spite of secession, must remain face to face, that physically they could not separate that they must have more or less commerce, and that this commerce must be carried on either between the two sections as friends or as aliens. This situation and its consequences he pointed out to absolute perfection in these words. Can aliens make treaties easier than friends can make laws? Can treaties be more faithfully enforced between aliens than laws among friends. After having stated fully and fairly the philosophy of the conflict, after having said enough to satisfy any calm and thoughtful mind, he addressed himself to the hearts of America. Probably there are few finer passages in literature than the close of Lincoln's inaugural address. I am loath to close. We are not enemies but friends. We must not be enemies. Though passion may have strained, it must not break our bonds of affection. The mystic cords of memory stretching from every battlefield and patriotic grave to every loving heart and hearthstone all over this broad land will swell the chorus of the Union when again touched, as surely they will be, by the better angels of our nature. These noble, these touching, these pathetic words were delivered in the presence of rebellion, in the midst of spies and conspirators, surrounded by but few friends, most of whom were unknown, and some of whom were wavering in their fidelity, at a time when secession was arrogant and organized, when patriotism was silent, and when to quote the expressive words of Lincoln himself, Sinners were calling the righteous to repentance. When Lincoln became president, he was held in contempt by the South, underrated by the North and East, not appreciated even by his cabinet. And yet he was not only one of the wisest, but one of the shrewdest of mankind. Knowing that he had the right to enforce the laws of the Union in all parts of the United States and territories, Knowing, as he did, that the secessionists were in the wrong, he also knew that they had sympathizers, not only in the North, but in other lands. Consequently, he felt that it was of the utmost importance that the South should fire the first shot, should do some act that would solidify the North, and gain for us the justification of the civilized world. He proposed to give food to the soldiers 
at Sumter. He asked the advice of all his cabinet on this question, and all, with the exception of Montgomery Blair, answered in the negative, giving their reasons in writing. In spite of this, Lincoln took his own course, endeavored to send the supplies, and while thus engaged, doing his simple duty, the South commenced actual hostilities and fired on the fort. The course pursued by Lincoln was absolutely right, and the act of the South, to a great extent, solidified the North, and gained for the Republic the justification of a great number of people in other lands. At that time, Lincoln appreciated the scope and consequences of the impending conflict. Above all other thoughts in his mind was this. This conflict will settle the question, at least for centuries to come, whether man is capable of governing himself, and consequently is of greater importance to the free than to the enslaved. He knew what depended on the issue, and he said, We shall nobly save, or meanly lose, the last, best hope of earth. Then came a crisis in the North. It became clearer and clearer to Lincoln's mind, day by day, that the rebellion was slavery, and that it was necessary to keep the border states on the side of the Union. For this purpose he proposed a scheme of emancipation and colonization, a scheme by which the owners of slaves should be paid the full value of what they called their property. He knew that if the border states agreed to gradual emancipation and received compensation for their slaves, they would be forever lost to the Confederacy, whether secession succeeded or not. It was objected at the time by some that the scheme was far too expensive. But Lincoln, wiser than his advisers, far wiser than his enemies, demonstrated that from an economical point of view, his course was best. End of Part 3 Recording by John Brandon